Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm so excited to be here today. And I've got a very special guest. Joining us all the way today from Bend, Oregon, um, via L.A. Well, he used to live in L.A. Now he lives in Bend, Oregon. Uh, He's a very uh, special man. He is known as the breathwork specialist for the stars. Yes, breathwork specialist for the stars. And I'm not talking about the stars that are in the sky. I'm talking about the stars that are in Hollywood. He's worked with people like, uh, oh, my gosh, so many so many amazing people. Matthew Perry. Um, who else have you worked with, John Paul? Um, Owen Wilson, Will Arnett, yes, Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez. Uh, you I may mean, have heard of some of these people. <laughs> it goes on and on and on. Uh, but he, anyway, he is so brilliant, and I've been able to uh, experience his breath work uh, before, and it has absolutely changed my life. I've been really privileged. We ha- we hosted him on a summit that we did for the Tony Robbins Pot and Partner Group. Um, he actually online was able to help people have some amazing breakthroughs. I was able to experience before that just personally, and I was there um, doing the breath work. I was all alone in my room listening to this recording. I was crying. I was releasing things. And for me, one of the biggest things was I have never been really able to yell. Um, and I there was this part during the breath workshop where we were encouraged to yell, and for me, it was a huge win that I was able to yell. So, Anyway, for those of you who don't know what breathwork are, you may be thinking, what is Allison talking about? What is breathwork? So, John Paul, I'm going to uh, go ahead and officially uh, turn the time over to you to do any more bragging that you want about yourself. It's totally a brag safe zone. And um, also to maybe just start out by explaining what is breathwork for those people who don't really know or have never experienced before. Okay, thanks, Allison. I mean, I should definitely start with the breath work because I could brag the entire show and then it would be awful. So <laughs> what breath work is? So breath work is an umbrella term, right? It's kind of like saying fitness. If you said to somebody, I do fitness, you'd be like, what are you talking about? Do you do CrossFit? Do you do yoga? Do you do, you know, Peloton? What do you do? So breath work is this big umbrella term and it can mean a lot of different uh, techniques and styles of breath work. So the type that I teach, the particular style that I teach mainly, I know them all, is uh, it's conscious connected breathing or circular breathing. So where you lay on the floor and you breathe through your mouth in a different way than you normally would. Ideally, you want to be breathing through your nose, right? Especially right now in the world with viruses out there and germs and all this kind of stuff. You want to be breathing through your nose out in the world because the nose protects us. The nose has natural uh, filters that protect us from these germs and these different viruses and different things out there. But this breathwork technique that I teach, you breathe through your mouth in this intense way. And normally in life, you would take a breath in and then take a, let it out and then rest and talk for a while or whatever. But this technique is a connected technique. So you take a breath in, take a second breath in, and then you let it out and then you keep it connected. You do it again. So there's no rests in between the breaths. And it's hard for people to understand or to wrap their brain around why something they've been doing their entire life can be so powerful, can be so transformational. I don't, you know, when, when I first heard, I was like, breath work. I've been breathing my entire life. How is that going to transform my life? How is I know, that that's what I was thinking. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and I, when I found too, it. I was like, what? 
Yeah, the first time I did it, I went, oh my God, how has this been available to me inside of me my entire life? And I don't know about it. I didn't know about it till I was 30 something years old. Like, why doesn't the world know about this? And I, what I realized was it was sort of kept in these, uh, I don't know, new agey woo-woo circles, right? Kind of private in these new agey woo-woo circles. And so I had a, a realization, a download, whatever you want to call it, a moment of clarity when I was doing one of my own breathwork sessions that if somebody taught this technique, somebody shared this technique in a way that wasn't new agey, that wasn't woo-woo, that they would have hundreds of people in the room, maybe thousands one day, which I, you know, before the shutdown, I had, you know, 300 people in a room on a regular basis. So um, I I was correct. And, And I think that eventually when we get back to getting together in groups again, we will, we will see it, you know, maybe we'll have it at these big summits, the Tony Robbins events and different things like that. Because when you, I was actually scheduled to do an event where I was going to do it for a thousand people at once. And so it's a really powerful technique. And what's shocking to people now is that you can do it online and it's just as powerful. And in some ways it's more powerful because some people uh, feel more comfortable letting go when they're in their own space, when they're at home in their private Yeah, space. absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I I want to I want to pause here for just a minute. I'm going to interrupt you because there's a couple of things I want to just anchor in, and I also want to ask you another question. First of all, for all of those that are joining live on Zoom, I know we've got a lot of people listening live on Voice America. We've got some people here live on the Zoom room. Um, I can see the Zoom chat right now. For those of you who are live on Zoom, I just want to know how many of you have experienced or done breath work before. You know, some of you have experienced John Paul. I'm just curious to know who has done breath work before. Uh, yeah, Rochelle has done it. She says it's life-changing. Uh, just chime in the chat box below um, if you've done breath work. And if you haven't, just say I've never experienced it before. So Rachel says, yes, she's experienced lots of different types of breath work. That's really good. So um, so some of you have experienced it before. Um, I, I really, when I first heard about it, John Paul, you're right. I thought breathing really seriously. I've been doing yoga. I've been doing meditation for a long time. How is breathing really going to help me have breakthroughs? And I have some major breakthroughs. I know you did as well. I would love to hear your story, John Paul, of how you actually got into doing breathwork because I know you were in Hollywood. I know you were pursuing a career in acting and, and TV and radio, if I'm remembering correctly. And then you had this experience that absolutely altered your life and changed your, your course or your path in life. So I'd love to, for you to share that story with everybody. Yeah. Um, so my, I was an, I started out as an actor. That was a long, long, long time ago. And then I sort of transitioned over to screenwriting. I was a screenwriter in Hollywood for a long time. And um, I have a, I'm also, I have this business. It's a sober companion, sober coaching business. So I got sober from drugs and alcohol 20 years ago, uh, March 5th, 2000. And I started helping other people get into recovery, started helping other people get sober. And someone sort of pulled me into this weird world of recovery, which is sober companioning, sober coaching. So you help celebrities, rock stars, people like that um, get sober, whether they're on the, you're on the road with them on tour or on set. And I, from that, I, I, it just, it just became a, it just became a spiral of like really doing things for like, Helping people made me feel really good about myself. It made it, it, it helped my self worth, my self esteem. I I was told by somebody when I first got sober, I had low self esteem, and I was told by somebody, if you have, you know, low self esteem, you need to do esteemable acts. 
So what I discovered was helping people. I did Big Brothers of America, which is a volunteer thing, which was amazing, and then helping people get sober. And then I got pulled into the world of helping people. And then at some point, you know, I had tried like all the self-help stuff. I had tried all, I tried meditation. I tried everything. And some of that stuff worked and some of that stuff helped me. But nothing was as big and nothing was as profound as breath work. You know, maybe Tony Robbins. I met Tony Robbins. I was really lucky. I got to meet Tony really briefly. And he invited me to UPW, Unleashed Power Within. And it was life-changing for me. And at that se- after that seminar, I came home and I was completely different. And two people who didn't know each other said to me, you need to go do breath work. And I'm smart enough to know, like, if two people tell me something, I got to check it out. And I was really open after Tony's seminar to, to different things. And I went and did this breathwork thing. And it literally was a life-changing experience the first time, the first class. And it was undeniable. And I tell people that all the time. I'm like, you don't have to believe that breathwork is going to be amazing. You just need to do it one time with me. And you'll find out. You'll know in that session. It's not like, I don't know, maybe I feel a little better. It's like, holy shit, what just happened? That was undeniable. That was life-changing. And so... That's how I usually get people to try it or I have to wait until they're in a lot of pain, emotionally, mentally, whatever. People often don't try new things or do new things or not, or they're not open to trying new things until they're in a lot of pain, unfortunately. And, uh, and that's when I get them in the class because they're like, whatever, I'll try anything. I'm desperate. Mm. Yeah, you know, I, I think unfortunately that's the truth about a lot of things that are seen like they're woo-woo or out there. But uh, it's really interesting because you don't seem to fit in that category. In fact, I was uh, surprisingly um, happy to know when I first did your breath work that you're actually a pretty down-to-earth guy. You're from Boston. You aren't um, one of those airy-fairy people. I'm, I'm saying that lovingly because I am. I think I am an airy-fairy person or <laughs> can be at times, but... Um, I think you you reached a lot of people because of that, and um, and do you ever run into people that are still skeptical about the breath work, and and if so, how do you handle that? Yeah, I live in Oregon. I live in Bend, Oregon. So there's some good old boys here driving a truck, and you know, and I tell them that I do breath work, and they're like, they don't even they look at me like I they have no idea what I just said to them. I tell people, I go, this is how, this is my, basically my elevator pitch for breathwork. I go, the most common statement after my class from people is, oh my God, that was like 20 years of therapy without having to say a word. <laughs> and pretty much everyone can go like, oh, I, I would love 20 years of therapy without having to say a word, you know, and without having to really do the therapy. Um, and that pisses some therapists off, but that's okay. You know, I don't care. So, yeah, I'm not that airy-fairy. In fact, sometimes, you know, the teaching the breathwork has made me a better person, without a doubt. And I, 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 you know, I want to have a shirt that says, like, I'm sorry for what I said before breathwork, because there's been a million times where I've said something stupid to my wife or whatever, and then I go and I do breathwork, and then I come up and I'm like, I got to go tell her I'm sorry, and I'm wrong, and I love her, and because... You know, the breathwork just clears out, turns off my ego because usually those fights or those arguments or whatever is going on in my life is about ego. And it just turns that off and it puts me in my heart. And in my heart, I know that what's really important is that I love the people around me as best I can. And that, um, and that whatever that argument was or whatever that fight was or whatever that disagreement was, it doesn't really matter in the big picture. 
So the breath work will get me to the big picture. It will clear out that, that thing that I'm fighting for in that moment, whatever it is, I'm holding my ground, my ego. It'll clear that out and it'll get me to like the big picture, which is like, I just want to, I just want to feel love and I want to be happy. Um, and so it's changed my life in that way. But my original point is, is that I'm not perfect. I'm not enlightened. I'm not a freaking guru. I'm still a jerk sometimes. I used to joke when I lived in Los Angeles <laughs> that I would like go, oh, God, I took the 101 to the 405 to the 10 freeway, the three worst freeways in the country to get to this class. And I almost choked out a guy in the parking lot. But don't worry, I'm going to put <laughs> gratitude and love in your heart right now. So it's all good. And people are like, who is this guy? And uh, I just... I just keep it real. Like I don't, I don't know any other way. Like I'm not, I, I'm not this enlightened guru. I just keep saying that because it's just like, I, 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 I've changed a lot and the breath work has changed me a lot and I help a lot of people, but I'm still imperfect. I still make mistakes. I still have to do things. I still have to apologize all the time, you know, for stupid things, but I get better every day. And the key that I've learned from, from doing this work is that I don't beat myself up over it because I think we're all beating ourselves up all the time for stupid little mistakes. Oh shit. I messed up with the email. Oh no, I forgot to do this. Oh, it's like all day long we make mistakes and we beat ourselves up for these dumb little mistakes. And it's like, what, what is it? What are you telling your body? What are you saying to yourself? Oh, I'm an idiot. Oh, I can't believe I did that. I'm so stupid. I got to be not lazy. Like we just beat ourselves up all day long. And if we could stop doing that, you would feel so much better. Your life would be so much better and your body would feel better, you know, because our body listens to what we say to it. And that sounds a little woo woo, but it's true. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. I, I think it is true. And here in a moment, I want to get into some maybe uh, some tips or some tangible things that people can use in their life uh, right now to walk away with. But first of all, I'd love to hear some of your stories, some of the success stories of the people that you've worked with, um, some of the breakthroughs that people have had by doing breath work. And, and I'll share mine first. I know for me, it was really interesting because we met John Paul. We had a, a mutual connection and we were talking about the Platt Summit with one of our team members, Gerald and I were, and she said, hey, you've got to, you've got to get to know this guy. He's the breathwork expert to the stars. He's amazing. He's changed my life. And uh, so I hopped on the phone with John Paul about presenting at our Platt Summit and was immediately um, so impressed with your ability to connect. And I really felt your heart, John Paul. And you invited me to actually do a breathwork experience. To you, you said you'd send me a recording so I could try this breathwork experience so I could experience before the plot summit because we were just kind of going on someone's word who we trusted. And so I'll never forget it. I think it was, I think it was a Saturday or Sunday morning. Gerald had left. He was, um, I think he went on one of his long runs. He was training for his 5K, and I was there alone. And so I thought, I'm just going to turn on this recording. I'm going to try it out. I'd done breath work one other time before and had an interesting experience. And, um, and I remember as I went through it, at first just feeling, oh, I'm just laying here. I'm breathing. This is interesting. You know, nothing's really happening. And then all of a sudden, this awareness came to my mind of this issue that I was dealing with. And all of a sudden, all these tears started streaming down my face. And all of a sudden, I had this mental clarity um, and I, I'm trying to even remember what the situation was um, that I was that 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 I had this clarity around. It was something about my kids, and I just started crying. And then there there came this part where you encouraged everybody to yell, and I remember hearing this sound come out of me, and thinking, did that just come from me? 
Because just like a couple weeks before, Gerald and I had been doing something and been feeling really frustrated. He's like, yell, just yell. And I'm like, ah, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't find that inner yell inside of me. And I tried other times before. He's like, just do it. I'm like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be loud. I'd, you know, been in, in um, certain situations in my life where I'd had people yell at me and I'm very sensitive energetically. And to me, yelling just meant pain. And so I never allowed myself to yell. And all of a sudden I found myself expressing and yelling and from my whole being and all this pent up frustration and emotion from years just left. And I got done at the end, and I was like, whoa, I feel like this 20-pound weight had been lifted off my shoulders. I felt like I had a reset. And, and it was, I was like literally laying in bed listening to a recording of you. I'm <laughs> like, what, what just happened? So uh, for me, it was just, and I remember for the rest of the day, I felt a little raw, you know, like a little bit raw emotionally, but just so much more centered and so much more clarity. So um, that was my experience. I'd love to hear some of the experiences of the people, the people that have worked with you have had and, um, and then go into some tangible tips that we can use. What are some sure. experiences you'd love to share? Sure. So first to touch on what you just shared, I think you touched on, you, you spoke about a lot of really interesting things. You know, breath work is different for everybody and it's different every single time you do it. And what my discovery, one of my discoveries, I've discovered a lot of different things teaching it and doing it myself is that, Men need permission to cry. This is a generalization. Men need permission to cry and women need permission to yell. And I don't know why that is. I think it's some sort of upbringing thing, you know, that we get when we're younger, like don't let them. And women sometimes too, even their parents will, you know, fathers when they're little girls will tell them, don't cry, be strong. And, and there's some myth out there that's like, if you cry, you're not strong. And that's a lie. That's, we need to cry. Like emotion, crying is a necessary thing that we need to do. It's a necessary function in our bodies and it's really good for us. Uh, it actually strengthens your immune system because you release certain chemicals and it strengthens your immune system. Um, but the but the yell thing is a whole other thing. And, you know, it, you had a story and you told us a little bit of the story like, oh, I didn't like when other people yelled. And so I created a story of like, I don't like yelling. And we create these stories around crying, around yelling or whatever, when we actually, they're really necessary, important functions that we need to do. And a lot of times we don't ever yell in life or we don't yell until stuff has gone really, really wrong. And then we're like, ah, you know, and that even that doesn't happen that often. So it's really good for you. It's really cathartic and energetic and it's a release. It's an energetic release to let out a massive yell. And when I used to do private sessions, I, I would notice that if I didn't have the I have this giant gong and if I didn't have the gong. And I'd say to a woman, like, go ahead and yell. And she'd go, ah. And I'd be like, oh, come on, let it out. <laughs> but if I had this giant gong and I would wail on this gong, the gong sounds drowned out the entire room. And I would see the women just going, ah, just screaming and just shouting from the bottom of their soul. And it was really great to see. And so allowing yourself that yell, it can be really powerful. But I, you know, I see some people still battle with it. Like, why, why can't I allow that? You know, what, what is it inside of me that doesn't feel okay with yelling? And, you well, know, I'm maybe go- for the women that are for the women that are joining us live on zoom right now. Is that true for you? Have you struggled with feeling like you can yell? And for the men on here, is it true for you that you've told yourself a story about not crying? I'm just, I'm just curious because I, I think you're right, John Paul. I think this is true. I'm curious for the people 
that are joining us live on Zoom. We've got a small group here on Zoom. I know a lot of you are listening live on Voice America. Yeah, Jennifer Thompson says yes. You know, she um, has struggled with yelling. What about you, Scott? I'm just curious. Do you have a story about crying? Erin says yes, I struggle yelling. That's an interesting point because I was alone when I did it, so I wasn't, like, afraid that I was going to, anybody's going to hear me. Kelly said I was not allowed to cry when I was a child. So Kelly, had, actually, a woman had that. Scott said I was told a story that crying is weak. Yeah, for men. Yeah. That's one of the things I loved about you, John Paul. When I very first talked with you, I noticed that you allowed yourself to cry. You allow yourself to feel emotions. I actually see that as, as a strength, but I know, you know, a lot of us were told stories that was weak when we were younger. Well, you know, we build up these layers, or I should speak for myself. I built up these layers to protect myself. And what happens when you do that is you also protect yourself from the love and from the connection and from all the things that we want so badly. So I think I'm protecting myself from being hurt again, but I'm really protecting myself from letting other people in. So what I've done is I've stripped away those layers and I've opened myself up fully. And it's a little scary sometimes, you know, because when you open yourself up, listen, my capacity to feel great love and great gratitude and joy is in direct proportion to my capacity to feel anger and disappointment and sadness. You can't open up your heart to love and gratitude and joy and block it from pain and sadness and disappointment. You have to decide. So I decided, made a decision to strip away those layers and to open myself because I want to feel it all. And I do. And, 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 you know, one of the cool byproducts of that is people really feel safe with me and connected with me because they can see that I'm very vulnerable and I'm very real. And in my classes, I get very vulnerable and I get emotional. And that gives other people permission to get vulnerable and get emotional as well. So you'll hear me oftentimes get choked up or cry. In my class, it's pretty regular for me because I moved. I want to move people and I want to be moved. Otherwise, what am I doing it for? You know, it's not about the money for me. It's about, I could, there's all the kinds of other businesses I have that I can just go make more money at if I want to make more money. This isn't, this is to help people. And this is so that I can be the best version of myself. Like, so I can move people and I can be moved myself. Otherwise I don't want to do it. And it's well, just- and I want to pause right here and really reiterate that because I know there are a lot of people. Um, I know some of you are listening on zoom. I know there are a lot of people that follow me and follow this show on voice America that are listening live right now and your mentors and your coaches. So I, I, I hear what you're saying, John Paul, but I really want you to hear if you're an influencer or you're a mentor or you're a coach, this is so important. If yeah. you want to move people, you have to allow yourself to be moved. If you want people to feel emotion, and, and this is, I believe that this is true, emotion is what creates motion. I'm going to say that one more time. Emotion is what creates motion. If you want to inspire emotion in your audience, then start with allowing yourself to feel emotion. I remember when I very first got started um, as a speaker and doing what I'm doing, I remember having to practice telling stories until I cried. Now, it wasn't that I was practiced crying. It's that I had to practice allowing myself to tell a story in a way that would allow me to tap into that emotion so deep inside of me that I could cry and that I could move people. And John Paul, what you're saying, and I, I, want, to, I want to reiterate this too, and um, we're going to go to break in just a minute. When we come back, John Paul's going to give you some tips. But I want to reiterate this, this other point too. For a long time in my life, I felt like my life was this pendulum swinging back and forth about an inch back and forth. It's kind of happy, kind of sad, kind of happy, kind of sad, right? And there was a safety in that. I was never really super sad. I was never depressed. I was never super angry or frustrated. 
But guess what? I was never really happy. I never really experienced that fullness of joy. And I remember doing a lot of work and really opening my heart up. I remember meeting with somebody for the first time and they said, um, whoa, I've never met with anybody before you that your heart chakra is completely closed. And I did a lot of work and I opened up and then I felt like all of a sudden my life was this pendulum swinging back and forth like seven feet. And I would feel amazing and happy and wonderful. And But you know what? Sometimes I would feel really sad or really depressed or really frustrated. And I've often asked myself, there have been moments when I was like, ah, I kind of missed that one inch pendulum, you know? But for 99.9% of the time, I'm just really glad that I allow myself to open up and feel and um, that I allow others to experience my emotions. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if you ever feel this way, John Paul, but there are moments, there are days. I had one two days ago. Where I just woke up and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what's going on inside of me, how I you know, leading these people, like these moments of extreme doubt or fear. And um, and I've just kind of come to realize that's part of it. But um, I don't know. Do you ever have those moments of, of yeah. doubt where you're like... <laughs> I, I had really that yesterday. <laughs> yesterday I yeah. had a day where I, I literally said to my wife, I'm like, you know, I've worked so hard the last eight years to build this incredible thing that I get to do that I love to do. And I can't do it right now. I can't do live classes. I can't do my trainings with people. I don't know when that's going to happen again. And I'm so pissed off. I'm so frustrated. I'm so disappointed. And in like just allowing that frustration, that disappointment, that anger to be what it needs to be. I don't need to it's called, I think it's called with toxic positivity. I don't need to be fucking positive all the time. I don't know if I can swear on the show. Sorry. But I don't need to be positive all the time. It's like, you know, sometimes I just need to be real. I just need to be honest and just allow it to come out what it needs to, how it needs to come out. And I think there's a mistake that some coaches make and some teachers make out there today where they think they have to present this image to the world and to their clients that they've got it all figured out. They've got it all together and they walk in the room with this measured voice and they walk in the session and they get, they're trying to present, I can't let my client know that I'm having a hard day or that I go through hard times. Well, that's crazy. You're a human being. And that's how you connect with people more is to, is to open yourself up to that. And so, yeah, uh, yeah I feel that all the time. I 100% agree. I was just having a conversation with somebody last night about a mutual acquaintance of ours, and we both said, well, we really like her, but she never um, allows us in. Like, she always puts on this, like, perfect, so you can't connect with her. But um, we're going to go to commercial break now, but when we get back with John Paul, if you're on Zoom, stick around. Uh, John Paul's going to give you, maybe maybe we'll continue the conversation. But when we come back from commercial break, for those of you joining us on Voice America, we're going to get some tangible tips from John Paul on how to apply breathwork into our life. Um, We're going to get some questions from people, so stick around. We'll be right back. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee 
guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Do you feel you have a bigger life's purpose than you're currently living? Of course you do. Activate your passion as you tune in to Sovereign Self with host Sophia Renea Morales. Become the conscious creator of your own life. Connect with your most powerful and purposeful self in order to make big things happen for you now. Sophia and her guests are doing this every day and are sharing how you can step into this power too. Listen to Sovereign Self every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight, everybody. So excited to have you back here. And for those of you that are just joining us, we have today the breathwork specialist for the stars, John Paul Creamy, joining us from, and I didn't say your, I, I said your last name really fast. I'm going to say it again, John Paul Creamy. Yes. <laughs> joining us today from Bend, Oregon. And um, and we're going to open it up for some, some questions here in a moment. But before we do that, John Paul, I was hoping that you could share with us some specific tips. You've already shared with us on the show your journey, your story of how you got into breath work. I shared my experience of how I got into it. I know that you were going to share some other breakthrough experiences you had. Maybe we'll have time for that towards the end. But um, but I would love to go into some tangible tips. Uh, we've talked about the power of breath work. Now, how can people actually apply it into their life? How can they use it? Sure. That's a great question. So the, the specific technique that I teach most of the time, the two-part breath connected through the mouth, that's something you need to do lying at home, like lying down at home or in a classroom, you know, in a safe space. You don't want to be doing that in the car. So if you're driving in the car, we're not going to do that. That technique needs to be guided by someone so that you know that you're safe. So you could go to my website and find out. I do the classes online on Sundays. I do that class live on Zoom. And I have guided tracks on iTunes and different courses online. So that specific technique that's really powerful that we've been describing that needs to be guided. But Will you share there, your website for those people that want to write yeah, it? I would highly recommend it. It's called breathewithjp.com. So B-R-E-A-T-H-E-W-I-T-H-J-P.com. Breathewithjp.com. And you can just Google my name, John Paul Crimi. The last name is spelled C-R-I-M-I. John Paul spelled J-O-N-P-A-U-L. John Paul Crimi. And tons of stuff will come up. Um, and I'm all over social media. I'm all over Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm doing all that pain in the ass stuff. So it's just, it's just a ton of work to do all this stuff. You got to like keep up with all this thing. But so one tip that I tell people that I use pretty regularly is this, it's a, it's an inhale through the nose and then a double exhale through the mouth. And this is a technique that 
puts you into your, your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest nervous system. We have sympathetic, which is fight or flight, and then we have parasympathetic, which is rest and digest. So sometimes, you know, when I'm sitting on a – the last time I can remember, I had to go speak after a huge speaker – and I was like, oh, my God, they've got me following this guy. He's one of the biggest guys in the world. Why do they have me following him? You know, I get it. The story's going in my head. I'm getting insecure. I'm getting weird. I'm getting uncomfortable. And so I go, okay, knock it off, John Paul. Your self-talk is really important. So I said, John Paul, knock it off. Focus on your breath. And so I do this breath where you inhale in through your nose about three or four seconds. And then you do twice as long exhale through the mouth. And inhale through the nose, down into the belly. I, I will literally put my hand on my belly, inhale through the nose, down into the belly. And you can do this in the car when you're in traffic and you're stressed out and you're feeling anxious. And if nobody's around, you make an audible sigh, it's even better. So it would be like this. Inhale in through the nose and then let it out. <sighs> uh, ooh, I feel better already. <laughs> yeah, and you do three to three to 10 of those breaths and it will put you in your parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system and you will start to feel better and it will calm you down. The other trick that I like to do is I like to tell myself what I'm going to get out of the experience. People don't realize that, you know, fear and excitement are really the same thing in your body. They're processed the same way in your body. That's why people like scary movies is it's the same thing as feeling excitement. So what I tell myself is, oh, what am I going to get after I do this speech? Like, how am I going to feel? What's it going to be like? What's going to come from this? So I like to focus on the results sometimes um, of how good I'm going to feel afterwards, you know, instead of like, oh, God, what if I say this? And what if I do that? And like, you know, it's, it's really our self-talk that can get us all worked up and make things really difficult. The other trick that I have is gratitude. And... You know, people talk about this all the time, but uh, gratitude is like feeling thankful for something, right? I, when I'm grateful for something, I say, thank you. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you for that great idea. Thank you for that podcast. Thank you for that show. Thank you for that meal. So I have a guided track that I have on uh, YouTube for free that's a gratitude track. And it's just me saying, and I tell people, like, I tell my clients and friends and people, like, play this track while you're in the shower and say, thank you for my hands. Thank you for my feet. Thank you for my breath. Thank you for my heart. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for kindness. Thank you for strength. Thank you for joy. Thank you for love. And then I start to feel it. I mean, you can hear it in my voice right now. When I start to feel grateful, I'm not feeling that same shit that I was feeling before that. I'm not feeling anxious or sad or whatever. So if I can switch my emotion to gratitude, that's amazing. That's an amazing tool. And it's not that hard. If I, I just have to be willing to take the action to do it. Mm. Well, I, what I would like to do right now is um, I would I would love to just do a couple of those side breaths all together with everybody who's joining us. I mean, you can do this while you're driving, right? You're just breathing in, yeah, out your mouth. But but let's be intentional about it. Let's pick a way we want to feel or add some gratitude. Can you can you walk us through that, John Paul? Sure. You walk like a mini so, exercise. My body's craving this right now. <laughs> okay, good. So if you're if you're driving, focus on the road. But if you're not driving, you can close your eyes and take a breath in through your nose, all the way down into your belly, and then let it out. <sighs> and then another breath in through your nose, down into your belly, and then just inhale. 
some gratitude for this moment, for this breath that we're taking right now. And exhale any worry, any fear, anything you can't control in your life right now. Just let that out. So again, we're going to inhale in through the nose, down into the belly. We're going to inhale a little self-love. We're taking a little time to take care of ourselves. So inhale a little self-love. And then exhale a little, like beating yourself up. That all the times that you beat it, you beat yourself up over the last day or week or month or whatever, just let that go. Sometimes we beat ourselves up about beating ourselves up. I mean, it's ridiculous. It just it's just a never-ending cycle of being hard on ourselves. And so, just take another breath in through the nose, down into the belly, and just inhale love again, love for yourself, love for a child, love for a friend something you or someone you love, and then exhale, fear, worry, disappointment, sadness, grief, shame. Breathe that out of your body. And you can continue to do this as long as you want, inhaling the qualities that you want in your body, in your life, and exhaling anything out of yourself that does that you don't want, that you want to clear out of yourself. It's a really simple technique that works pretty well. Mm, I love that. You know, I got teary-eyed just doing that. I um, the one that really affected me was that one about just releasing all the times you beat yourself up. And I think, you know, for me, it's really, I've been so blessed to spend the past couple of days with some of my children. And sometimes I just want to be such a perfect mom and just want to show up for them in the best way possible. And I don't always feel like I do. And as I just breathe that out, it's like I was letting go all those times. I just beat myself up for not being perfect or for not doing the right thing or for not, you know, just allowing myself, um, I guess that in that moment, I just allowed myself a little bit of grace. And um, it's yeah. amazing how it was just so such a small moment in time, but it was like that me time just to breathe in and to breathe out. And I'm, I would love to know if anybody that's joining us um, live on, on zoom too had any um, breakdowns or experiences just with that short moment that they want to share. Um, you because know, profound for me just even in that moment. Allison, it's so true that we're so hard on ourselves as parents. Like I am so hard on myself as a dad. Like I want to be this amazing dad. I want to be the dad that my dad wasn't. And I am, but sometimes I'm really hard on myself. Like, oh, I yelled at my kids today. And oh God, I can't believe I yelled at my kids. And I, I think I read a quote. I think it was Mark Ruffalo who said, if you're not yelling at your kids, you're not spending enough time with your children. <laughs> and and it's so true. It's like, God, like I'm a great dad if I only spend 10 minutes a day with them. But if I spend a whole day with them or a bunch of hours, I'm going to snap at some point. It's really hard. It's really hard to be a parent. And, and so just allowing myself to, you know, be, be, be not, you know, to screw up as a dad, as a parent, whatever. It's okay. You know, I'm doing the best I can in that moment. And my best is going to be different from one day to the next. And I want to answer this question that was Gerald's question and some other people are curious is like, what have I seen from results of breathwork? Like, what have I seen transformations or what have I seen? And the first thing that's the most obvious thing that I've seen is that trauma. There's a lot of trauma out there. People, almost everyone in recovery from addiction, uh, from alcoholism, addiction, whatever your addiction is, food, whatever, has trauma from their childhood. And breathwork is the best thing that I've ever seen, the best tool that I've ever seen to actually heal the trauma. Um, grief, people, most of us are walking around with some kind of grief for someone that we've lost in our life. So I've seen people heal from grief. So these big 
scary emotions that are really difficult that people struggle with that don't know how to deal with. I've seen breath work literally clear them out of people and have why them. Did, why do you think that is? I mean, what is it? It's so interesting just to me in that moment when we did that small exercise and I just breathed in and breathed out. It was like all this emotion came up. And I notice a lot of times when I'm trying to hold it together, mm-hmm. I'm not really breathing. It's a sh- more of a shallow breathing. But why, why do you think that is that doing the breath work, taking a moment to breathe, which is something we do all the time subconsciously anyway why is it that breath work brings up those emotions within us well so we we breathe unconsciously but then what we were just doing was breathing consciously so we were doing conscious breathing so i believe that the emotions those certain emotions are stuck in our body or or in our body they're in our nervous system and once we start to breathe consciously we can access them and when we and we can let them go, we can we can clear them out of our body. We can heal them. But like you said, we're like walking around like I don't want to feel this because I've got to work and I've got to be a good parent and I've got to keep it together, keep it together, keep it together all day long, keep it together, right? And then once we take a moment to really focus on our breath and and check in with how we're really feeling, that's when all that stuff comes up. And a lot of people never take the time to do that. And when you don't take the time to do that, that's when you start to get a lot of health problems. You know, that's when things start to manifest in your body as health issues, whether it's, you know, stress or heart attacks or cancer or all these different things. I have alopecia. I lost all my hair. And that's a condition that is they believe is brought on by stress or trauma. And so I tell people all the time, like, hey, if you don't think your emotions can affect your health, then go find my eyebrows because they're gone. You know, I have no hair anywhere in my body. And that's due directly to stress, to emotion. So if if you're not going to take the time to deal with your emotions, they're going to come at you and it, it, it's going to show up in some other way. You know, unless you take the time to heal what hurt you, you will bleed on everyone else. I don't know who said that, but it's an interesting saying. Like Freud, Freud said that unexpressed emotions will always come forth in uglier ways. And mm-hmm. so breath work will clear out these unexpressed emotions, these undealt with emotions, and it will fix you. It will clear you. It will heal you in some way. It's incredible. And you're the healer. You're doing it. You're, you have to do the work. But I've, I've seen so many people come in on medication that have gotten off the medication. I mean, something like 70% of the United States is on one prescription medication and 50% is on two. And I've watched tons of people come in and get off their meds from doing breath work. I've seen people heal traumas. I've seen health issues, physical health issues get better because you know, a lot of health issues are in the body. Like somebody, most health issues are in the body. So somebody's got a back issue or a neck issue or whatever. It's coming from stress and they're, they're, they're keeping it in their back or in their neck or their body. And once they start to clear out that stress, all of a sudden, oh my God, my back feels better. Oh, you know, 70% or 60 something percent of uh, digestion is done through respiration. So wow. I've had tons of people with digest- digestion issues heal their IBS or their digestion issues or get better from, you know, just breathing, like learning how to breathe. You have an emotional, you have a breathing pattern for every emotion. So when you feel anger, you start to breathe in a certain way. When you feel depressed, you breathe in a certain way. You, you hold your breath or you, it's, you breathe really shallow. So if you can change your breath, you can change the emotion. And if you can change the emotion, you can change your life. Absolutely. So change your breath, change your life. I love that. We had we had another question come in from Scott here. Um, I know you've only got a couple more minutes, but would love for you to to answer this question if you can, and then 
um, let's see, it says as a coach or some someone related to coach, how would they first integrate breath work into their practice? So how do you integrate breath work? If you're a coach, if you're like, hey, this is something I think would really benefit my tribe. Um, how, how would you do that? Or how would you recommend going about that? Yeah, that's a great question. The first thing I always tell people is, you know, I have people that are like, hey, I want to do your breath work. I want to take it into my coaching practice. So I'm like, have you done it? And they go, no. I'm like, well, the first thing is you should actually try it. Like you should actually try the class and the experience and experience it for yourself and see if you like it. So I tell people, go try my class online or try iTunes or whatever. And then I have, I spent, uh, I'm so grateful. I spent uh, over a year ago, a lot of time and energy doing, um, taking my breathwork teacher trainings that I usually do live and putting them into an online course. So I had a two camera shoot with great audio and all this. And I built these online courses to teach people how to teach breathwork, to take it to their, to do it in different countries. So I have people all over the world who take my online teacher training and they, and they will do my online teacher training and they're like, Oh my God, I did it with a soccer team in Germany. And I, I did it in Pakistan. And I, I mean, all over the place, people are, taking the teacher training and sharing it with other people and watching other people transform in front of their eyes, watching people heal in front of their eyes and going, oh my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever done because now I feel like I'm really helping someone. It's undeniable and it gives me purpose. It gives me a sense of purpose and fulfillment in a way that I've never had before. And when you have purpose and fulfillment, then you've got everything because you're going to be happy. You're going to be sad. Like we were talking about earlier, your emotions are going to swing back and forth like that pendulum you were talking about, Allison. But when you have purpose and you have fulfillment, that sustains you. That's amazing. And knowing that I'm doing good work on this planet, that I'm helping people is so amazing in those difficult times. I love that so much. And, um, you know, I would recommend taking JP's teacher training course, John Paul's teacher training course. It's on his website. Is it breathworkwithjp.com? Breathe with JP, yeah. Breathewithjp.com. Um, uh, I know you've got to go. There's just one one final question that just came in here. How long do you recommend for a daily practice? So, um that's a good question. I actually have a CD or a, there's no CDs anymore. Uh, a guide, <laughs> I'm old. Uh, there is a guided uh, tracks on iTunes and it's called daily practice. And so, you know, what I used to do in the morning was I would trick my brain and I would say, John Paul, three songs. You're just going to breathe this way for three songs. You can do anything for three songs. And then oftentimes after three songs, that was kind of the break point. I, the th- first three songs are the toughest. I would keep going after that because I felt really good and I wanted to get more out of it. But at least three songs, which is usually around nine or ten minutes, is a good a good length of time. You can also do, you know, a technique that Wim Hof has popularized, which is three sets of thirty. It's a different type of breathing, um, and there's all these there's tons of different breath practices out there. You know. Check out my site, but, you know, there's lots of great teachers out there, and there's a rabbit hole that you can go down with these practices that I went down. And the reason I teach that one specific technique is because it gives the fastest results in the shortest amount of time. So there's all these techniques that I know and I can teach, but, like, why would I teach this one when this one is the best? And it gives you so much in the shortest amount of time. And, like, for but my to answer that question from Aaron, you know, 
I used to get up in the morning and have so much self-doubt and be like, oh my God, how am I going to start an online course or an online business? You don't even know how to use Facebook properly. Oh my God, how are you going to do this? You don't, you know, like just all this negative self-talk. And what I would do is I would lay down and I would breathe for three songs or more. And that would turn off that voice in my head, that critic, that negative self-talk. And then I would just get up and go to work. And the more consistently you do that, you end up building all these great things. You end up creating courses and businesses and whatever it is you want to do, write a book, it doesn't matter. But if you can turn off that negative critic then you, and just get to work, you start to accomplish a lot in your life and you start to become really successful before you know it. I love that. And what great advice. And uh, John Paul, I know you need to go. Um, definitely go check out John Paul, uh, breathewithjp.com. He's got another interview. He's got to hop on now, but Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on uh, Spotlight and um, blessings to you. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Much love. Love you. All right. Well, that was so fabulous. And um, again, for those of you who are listening on, uh, on, on Spotlight on Voice America, we actually every morning we do a practice we call soul activation. It has breath work. Welcome to join us. It's on www.legendaryzoom.com at 840 a.m. Mountain Standard Time every morning. You're welcome to join us then. Uh, we have a very special treat right now. We've got our family first segment by Lori Richens. Lori Richens comes on uh, my radio show regularly. She does a segment we call Family First. Um, so she has a few thoughts she's going to share with us now. So uh, Lori, love to hear your thoughts on this and love to hear your Family First segment. I am so thrilled to actually be addressing the importance of breathing. And one of the things that I want to share has to do with a personal life experience altering moment that is very similar to what John Paul was talking about. And uh, one thing that I've learned as a mother of seven children is that um, I had a terrible capacity to process pain when it came to delivering babies. When I would deliver my children, they talked so much about um, the importance of breathing, but I held my breath. When I had pain, I held my breath instead of actually breathing through that. And there are many walking wounded people out there who hold their breath through pain. And so what John Paul was talking about regarding the process of cyclical breathing is really critical. So I just want to share one quick experience that I had about 15 years ago when my health was absolutely deteriorating and my sympathetic nervous system was in overdrive and my hearing was being lost, my my um, vision was starting to close down and even if the phone rang, I would literally just quiver, I would shake. And I wasn't getting the medical help that I needed. And so I prayed and prayed fervently to find uh, an option that I could um, utilize to help me um, just get my strength back. And interestingly enough, I had a specific impression come to me that I needed to do some breathing exercises. So I went outside on the back of my deck and I had this impression that I needed to do this late at night under the stars of all things. And I was to bend over and I was to pull my hands up from the floor all the way up through the front of my body and then to the top of my crown and then extend my hands. And while I was doing that, I was to breathe deeply in. And then as I exhaled with my hands above my head, I was to say this particular affirmation. I was to say, I give all of my problems to the God of this universe. 
And that was such a surprising thing to me because I'd never done anything like that before and I was to do that three times. Well, that changed the balance of my body. My body calmed down. I started to slowly get my strength back. And what ended up being particularly helpful is I found out later that there were some Native Americans who used to travel north to the northern lights and at night they would do this special breathing technique. They would actually inhale the air at night under the northern lights and breathe in that energy and then they would exhale and they would also say something similar like I give my problems to to this higher source, this higher um, power. So I just want to enforce the life-transforming experience that that breathing technique did for me that I learned to actually breathe in and out through pain. Instead of holding on to it, I learned to let it go. And there's a lot of medical benefits to what John Paul was teaching because I experienced it personally. So proper breathing is actually an act of surrendering and being thankful as well. So um, I just want to enforce um, a couple things, that there is a higher power who indeed guides us, and that healing pain includes receiving it as well as letting it go, and breathing can help us to do that. So anybody out there who's been listening, I hope you really pay attention to the benefit of what you learned in this segment today. It was absolutely helpful to me, and I'm sure it'll be helpful to those out there listening as well. Thank you so much. That is so amazing. I love that. And I think that's the theme of this. If there's one takeaway that I've gotten from this show, uh, just remember, surrender, breathe, <laughs> allow yourself to feel those emotions. And remember, check out John Paul uh, Crimi at breathewithjp.com. Check out Lori Richens on Facebook. She does her family first segments regularly. I'm Allison H. Larson, and you've been listening to Spotlight. Thank you so much, John Paul and Lori, and for all of those participating and listening, not only for from myself to you, but also for all those people whose lives you're going to bless and touch by uh, learning and by growing and by becoming the best version of you. Till next week, I'm Allison. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.